Greetings, fellow Earthlings. I'm Casey Dean. I'm a certified birth and breastfeeding nerd, human rights advocate, yoga enthusiast, and herbalist with a private practice in the middle of nowhere. This podcast is a way for me to connect with some incredible people all over the world and bring resources and awareness about the unique struggles women are facing today. Whether you are a woman or you're looking for ways to be more supportive of women, my goal is to help you feel understood and prepared to step forward in your life with love and courage. Nothing is off limits here. From the weird things postpartum bodies do to ending generational cycles of trauma so you can parent from a place of wholeness. No matter how isolated your circumstances make you feel, you are not alone. And that's why we're going to talk about it all. So thank you for choosing to spend some time with me and my cool ass friends. Welcome to Greetings Podcast. Y'all, I could not be more excited to tell you guys about today's episode. I got a chance to sit down with my new friend, Chrissy Rodriguez. We actually met in a Facebook group for deconstructing toxic religious beliefs. And I had posted a TikTok about religion. She followed me. I followed her back. I started creeping her content and I absolutely fell in love. Chrissy is a new mom. She is still in her fourth trimester. And she had the courage when her daughter was only a few months old to get sober after years of disregarding how drinking was wreaking havoc on her life. Many people don't know this, but today, July 4th, I'm actually celebrating my one-year sobriety date. So I couldn't think of a better person to have on this show but Chrissy. We are actually going to break this into two episodes. We're going to talk about effects of alcohol on the brain, as well as how that plays into people who already have the effects of trauma on their brain and some tips and ways that she and I both pulled ourselves out of the mom juice myth. We print it up on shirts. We put it on cups. It's cute. Oh, it's wine o'clock. But listen, moms, we don't need alcohol to be good parents. So today's episode, we're going to break all that down. Thank you so much for being here and let's get into it. This is our second episode of Greetings Podcast, where we're getting together with badass women to disrupt and deconstruct shit. So I'm so freaking excited to have one of my new favorite humans in the whole world on my second episode, Chrissy. (laughs) Hi, my cheeks are burning. You're like, like being so not my, like I got a little (laughs) for a second. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Thank you. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's so crazy how we connected. Yeah. Just finding each other in a random group about like deconstructing religious trauma. Yeah. You posted a TikTok and I watched it and was like, oh my God, this is so funny. I I was like, oh my God, this girl on TikTok is, I, we just followed each other. (laughs) Well, you know what? I will tell you what, I don't like when like you go to support somebody and what they're doing and they don't support back. So like when I saw that you're like, oh, I followed you. It took me like three hours to get back to you. And I felt horrible about it. I was like, oh my God, I need to go follow you back. So then I saw that we had like the same amount of followers and I was like, oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) You know what's so 
funny is like, I don't even know what has happened. I just like had a couple videos go viral and then it just kind of kept happening. And I was like, Oh God, because most of my con sometimes smart things come out of my mouth a lot of the time. I mean, I have one on there from where I'm like doing, a, I have a facial steamer. I'm like, gosh, facial steamers are the best. So I was like, I really hope people don't get too high expectations. <laughs> sometimes I just want to shit post. Okay. And now there's like a lot of them and I've never, ever had a lot of, I've never had more than I, I, I had vine and the biggest I got on there was like 3000 followers. And I thought, oh man. <laughs> I haven't uh, enough followers because that was like 2016. So that was that was like that was that was like, a big deal. That was like yeah. I and I really knew people who had more followers, but you know, it's one of those things. And so now TikTok, I'm like, ooh, a lot of you guys just make decisions really quickly, and you just <laughs> like everybody goes live. I've never gone. I went live one time this week. I felt so one time. Cool. My cheeks were so red. I was baking cookies and trying to talk, and then I would talk for 30 minutes. <laughs> but who else? Who else was supposed to talk? I guess I'm supposed to. I mean, it's so it's, and it's different too, because when people go live on TikTok, they just sit there just and talk. talk. They're just, they just like, sit there and talk. Why are you looking at me on my for you page right now? I don't know. And yeah, I, yeah. So that I'm really happy. Anxiety. I, I met you from it because I have a, a couple mutuals. I think I had like maybe one or two, like this one girl who I think is so cool, but I don't want to scare her. Um, and then this literally this play like I think she's like a preschool teacher <laughs> like I follow her and she follows me it's like wait, little you, wait you and me have mutuals no like I oh, the okay mutuals I had on TikTok like people who followed me back were just like a couple oh. I like didn't really oh know gosh. anyone from TikTok yeah, yeah. like other yeah. than my friends who were on it from other social media apps like you know what I mean so like I have friends yeah. on TikTok but the, I knew them going into it yeah and, and so, yeah I was so the same way I wanted to like just get on there and shit post and like Yes. you know make thirst traps and whatever yeah. else well it's just, just like, like I, you guys want to know about breastfeeding <laughs> I like I it was like uh I was pregnant I think and then I was posting about being a new mom and then religious trauma and therapy and boundaries and then I like yeah I never would have started talking about sobriety and then finally was like I have to start talking about this because if I don't start talking about this more like I'm gonna explode and then oh yeah I had a couple honestly I'm gonna tell you're like I don't know what's happening people are just <laughs> following me I'm gonna tell you why okay because oh you gosh. are this personality where you're so down to earth and everything about it is so laid back but you're so freaking informational and educational <laughs> I'm serious I was like when I saw the first video, I don't even remember which one it was, but I remember I commented on it and I was like, oh, fuck, I think I love you. Yeah, I, know. I was like, every time like, I, was I, was like, I would comment back so fast. I was like, <laughs> you have to know I, I like her too. Okay. Yeah, girl, can't wait, you know, like whatever. <laughs> it was, I was like, like, I'm going to ask this girl to come on my podcast. She's yeah. like, I'll see if I can make time. You're I'm like, can I come on tonight? Are you like, are you free tonight? Because I'm in Target <laughs> parking lot and I'm feeling, I'm on a high, I'm on a Target high. So let's go for it. I, I felt that. no I felt like it was like um it's like second grade and we're like picking like I don't know matching lunch boxes or something and I just <laughs> like oh my god it just made me feel so important I was like absolutely of course I will that makes yes all I do is talk I would love to talk with you <laughs> oh, 
and the things you talk about I love it so like that's definitely one of the first things that I wanted to talk to you about because so sweet sobriety is relatively new in my life it's not a new theme you know I have alcoholic family members my dad's an alcoholic all of this kind of stuff and sobriety was something that I thought like oh maybe I should try yeah. Until I stopped trying and then actually got sober and it yeah. felt so fucking good. Yeah. So I, and I love because how old is your daughter? She is at 11 months old. See, that's what I'm saying. Like you are still in the throes of postpartum Yeah, and definitely. you're giving women so many resources, so many freaking tools. So if you don't mind telling me like how you came to sobriety, stop smiling at me well, like that. <laughs> it's just so nice. And so my cheeks just get red. I just, I don't know what to do with compliments because I, I know. love giving them as well. And I don't, I'm going, I'm, this is not feigned humility. I also like receiving them. Okay. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not one of those people who's like, Oh my God, that's don't shower me. Like I make videos yeah. on the internet. I clearly like yeah. it. So I'm not going to lie. Okay. I'm not going to tell lies here about what I like and what I don't like. I just don't know how to take, you can see me. Yeah. So my cheeks are turning red. So I'm just like, wow, I am this. You're just an angel. Thank you. Um, my love language is words of affirmation. I give it. So of course, if I receive the same it, way. it's very kind. So thank you. I love it. Um, but so, yeah, so I, sobriety, I also have family members that are, that have problems with addiction and drinking and things like that. Um, and I have always had, um, either zero or 60, like my life was just that there was, I was either, and this has a lot to do with my ADHD and a lot of ADHD struggles with a lot of ADHD people can struggle with addiction and trauma. So, you know, everything. And (laughs) It wasn't until 2018, I got, I had always drank a lot. We drank a lot on family vacations, but it was never even something I gave a second thought because I had spent so much of my life not drinking. I really didn't drink until I was 21. I, I drank a little bit here and there, but I was so scared of getting in trouble that I waited. So I kind of felt like, well, I was a good girl my whole life and I am a great person. I do good things for people. I want to get fucking wasted. Like I, 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 it was something I felt like I had control over. So because of that, I saw no problem with it. Hangovers were fun, funny to me. And just a consequence of having a really fucking awesome time. Like I just (laughs) saw no issue. I mean, and I had, and I saw, and I was never taught any, that anything was wrong with drinking other than like, Hey, when you're drunk, you act stupid. Like just you act stupid. You make bad decisions when you're drunk. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with alcohol. If you can't handle it, that means you have an issue. And that made sense to me. I was like, yeah, totally. Um, and then I got a really stressful job and I don't know what clicked, but all of the sudden I started just buying boxed wine and bringing it home. And I had never drank at home before. I'd never had that kind of personality, but we had, I, I actually think we had had some left over from like Thanksgiving or something. Like I just remember it being in the house and it feeling so convenient. And then I just kind of kept doing that. And I was really stressed out and my husband was busy and I was working a lot and we were just kind of like ships, you know, passing because we were so mm-hmm. busy. And at night I just would find this comfort. I would watch game of Thrones and I would just get wasted, but I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, I didn't even realize I was getting wasted. I was, it wasn't even an active decision. I didn't feel guilty about it. Like no, that time feels like the opposite of self-awareness. Like I can think back to it. And I just remember just I don't, 
remember planning any part of myself, like, oh, this will be good for you. It was just kind of like autopilot. So that started to continue and continue and continue to the point where I was like, wow, I don't remember the last time I didn't drink or like, I am always wasted or I am worried if I go somewhere. Like I remember I, I took a trip and I was worried that I wouldn't be able to drink on the plane because like plain liquor was so expensive. So I brought like 12 of the mini bottles you get at the liquor store and was just pouring that I got a large oh Sprite because I had no money at the time. I was pretty broke. And, uh, cause, and, um, I wanted to make sure I could drink cause it was a four hour flight. I thought I can't be at the airport by myself and take a four hour flight and not be drunk. Like it was, it didn't make, I was like, well, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? Yeah. I'm going to be by myself. Of Pass course I should get wasted. Yeah. Like it just became this thing that like made so much sense that I just kept telling myself, well, only like alcoholics have problems with alcohol and people who can't hold down a job, but I can do all of those things and it's fine. So I know that I don't have a problem. I know that. Um, even though I definitely did and (laughs) multiple things happened. Like I peed my pants at my bachelorette party and it was funny at the time, but I, I did do that. I was in a romper and I couldn't, no, it's actually pretty funny. I, well, I couldn't take my romper (laughs) off, um, because it's drunk and it like tied in the back. So I just sat on the toilet and peed. And I remember thinking, this is the funniest story of all time. Like, this is so, 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 so funny. And then like a couple months later, it was like my birthday dinner. And I was also wearing a romper and I was also wasted. And I almost peed my pants like again. And I remember my husband being kind of annoyed at the time. And I just remember being shocked. I was like, this is so funny. Like, I can't believe you don't think this is funny. And now. Did you feel like a sense of rejection? Oh yeah. If he at me when I was drunk, I felt like I cannot believe this right now. Come to find out I am mean to him. I was mean to him every time I drank, like literally we got in fight and I, this makes my heart hurt. I don't even know how to like, I feel like people lie when they talk about their relationship all the time, which is why I specifically do not. But my husband is the nicest person on earth. Like he just is really nice. Like so kind and I'm really domineering. So in my toxic traits, I absolutely like was unkind verbally and like not abusive or anything, but just, we would fight and yell every time I drank now, like, it's crazy to see our communication change without drinking, but that was such a huge thing for me. That was a big proponent in me being like, I asked him like, am I mean to you every time I drink? And he was like, yeah, pretty much. So that was like, all these things were kind of happening that were showing me like alcohol was not good. And then I got pregnant. So that was really great. But sobriety in pregnancy doesn't really count because you're like, I mean, it does if you choose it. I, right, just felt right. like I was being forced to be sober. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be sober after this. I was like, oh, I like, uh, I wish I could have wine right now or whatever. Yeah. And then I waited to drink a little bit because I was like, you know, breastfeeding, but I knew how yeah. much you could drink, but I, but I also knew how much I could drink. And I was like, I cannot give a baby this milk. Like I know this is way more than a bottle of wine, <laughs> but like, I didn't, I didn't want to make it obvious. Like, cause I knew my husband would notice again. And so I was trying so hard to not make it obvious. And I would order wine when he was upstairs on a meeting, I would try to make it seem like I wasn't replenishing all these things right around when she was like seven, eight weeks old is when I started therapy. And that like, 
I remember telling my therapist at the time, like, Hey, I drink, but I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Like knowing that's like therapy red flag. Yes. Yeah. And, but, (laughs) but that's like, as her job as a therapist, like, she's like, okay, I can't force you because she wants me to like make the decision. And it just so quickly got to a bottle plus a night. Like it was so fast how I just got right back into that pattern after like a year of not drinking because of pregnancy and postpartum and stuff. And like, I just immediately remember being like, I have a daughter now. Like it's something was just like, this is absolutely not safe. Like and seeing all these moms on Instagram who are like, yeah, we have a glass of wine at night. Like, this is so great. And feeling so justified in that and yeah. justified in the mom life is hard. Toddler feelings are hard. All these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like good moms drink wine, good moms do this. And it was one of those things where it was like, how can that be possible? Because it's like, it's even like people judge people for cigarettes, hardcore. And I'm like, yeah, like lung cancer, that's shitty. But like, it, you would still remember giving your kid a bath if you had like smoked a cigarette, yeah. you know what I mean? Or yeah. like smoked pot or something like that's what is so dangerous to me because it, because it was everywhere for me. I thought there is no possible way. Like this is what I'm experiencing. Like I had brain fog. I had major anxiety, major depression, like yeah. I was exhausted and felt like shit all the time. But I thought there is no way it's because of drinking like that because everybody drinks. And then for, um, January, and I you think about your anxiety being yes. helped by alcohol. You don't think about alcohol causing your anxiety. It is. Yeah. Alcohol can literally can help you with your anxiety for the first 19 minutes that you drink it. The yeah. second it's been 20 minutes, you have more cortisol in your system immediately. Like unbelievable without, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you feel the stress or not. There are people who are moderate drinkers, like on a random Tuesday at two with no alcohol in their system will have higher cortisol than people who don't like just which means your blood pressure is going to be higher. Like, so all of these things, like, I didn't know any of that. I just started to get into therapy and start to get to the roots of my issues. And I thought this shit is weird. And I kind of was like starting to notice how my mom had taught us to go to food for external validation. And while we were on this new year's Eve trip with my family, me and my husband got in a huge fight. And I like blew up for no reason and like slammed the door. And my husband did the mature thing and like took a walk and like cleared his head. And I was just so frustrated. And I come out of the room and my dad is like, Hey, do you want a glass of wine? And I was like, yes, absolutely. So then in that moment, I immediately stopped processing any emotion I have. And I immediately start drinking. So what do me and my husband do? We just say, I'm sorry later. And we say, he's like, we're not going to fight like this. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. We're not going to fight like this. And we move on. Like nothing gets solved. Like that yeah. behavior from me goes unchecked and then I also don't even understand why I'm triggered. I'm not dealing with anything. And at that moment when my dad handed me that wine, I was like, oh, I've been taught my whole life to go externally for things. And it's not even that alcohol is poison, which it is, unfortunately, yeah. for literally everyone. It just is poison. Yeah. It, it sucks, I know, but I don't know what you want me to tell you. It has zero, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you can like, like say there's negatives to cannabis or whatever. And I'm like, Sure. But it also literally has pros like biologically. So like, that's why they use it for cancer treatment. So like when you look at alcohol for the body, it doesn't. And I thought, oh, so if it has no actual pros to my life, like it's not even like a bag of Cheetos. It's not even offering me some nutrition. Like, yeah. What I just started to say, why do I need something this badly to change 
my life. Like I just like really hit me. And so I did dry January and I remember writing, I will not say I'm getting sober. I said, I will not say I'm getting sober because I was like, if I say I'm getting sober, I have to get sober. And I was like, no. (laughs) And you don't want the accountability of other people too. You're like, I don't want you to tell me I have to do it. I don't want you to know. I, I, I would never admit that I had a drink. I mean, I just, I found more shame around nothing else in my life. Like nothing the way I felt that shame around that. And, uh, I realized that even that love of alcohol that is internalized in our culture, the shame of having a problem with it is also normalized in our culture. So people will never talk about if they have problems with alcohol. Absolutely. It's way too stigmatized for people to have. This is why this is so important. And to have two moms sitting here and sharing this experience is because it is so stigmatized, but then there are also so many other stigmas that fall on top of women that keep us buried in silence for all of this time. Yeah. And it's like, it's seen as the quickest, easiest way to feel better. Like, Hey, it is okay. If you have a hard day and you just end it with a glass of wine. And the thing is like, I get that thinking, but there's two things wrong with it. One is like, if you had a hard day because being a mom is hard, totally. If you have emotions from that day that you are feeling and you just want to numb them like that, you don't have to do that. Like you deserve to like process them. You deserve patience and kindness and you deserve like compassion and resilience. So that's one, like you're just numbing all your emotions, the good ones and the bad ones now, because your brain can't tell the difference. And then two, we're not even offering like any, most people cannot just have one glass of wine. Like that's, that's the part that's like, oh, if you need to end of the day, I don't know anyone that has one glass of wine and is satisfied forever. And it's actually a standard amount of ounces. Literally, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause not, I don't know anybody who like half a bottle is one glass to me. Absolutely. Right, cool. I filled up my glasses. Glass, I filled up my glass. I mean, that is why I switched to Boda boxes, you know, obviously. So it's just, it's like at n- night, I felt such a pressure to just like be a puddle at the end of the day. I just was like, I worked so hard today. I took care of a baby. I work and I cleaned, I, life is so hard. I deserve to get wasted. Not even realizing like, I am not actually upping my life experience at all. I think that I am. I've been taught that this will uplift my life experience because raw dogging life or whatever life is (laughs) like the worst way to do it. And I won't even act like I like totally raw dog it, but like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that's like, it, it is like, because motherhood is so hard, you shouldn't ever have to, to actually face how hard it is. And we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to drown it out when really, if we gave people like an actual outlet to be like, yeah, the newborn phase fucking sucks. Like I hated it. Or, you know what? I was like actually really mad at my partner all the time. And I like, didn't know how we were going to handle this, you know, like but that's not allowed. Like all of those things like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, you're so tired. And the baby cries and poopy diapers are gross. Like there's so many surface level things going on 
that people want to just say, yeah, just drink because alcohol is also surface level. Like if we actually admit that we're leaving women out of their own story, out of their own conversation by having no care in this country and no support and no money, like Luke was talking about how in Canada you get a thousand dollars a month per kid just for not during a pandemic, just like, because yeah, you, I know. because they want their citizens to have children. So they have free, you know, maturity. There's like fucking free, um, postpartum doula. You, you can get a free, I have, I'm in a, a, a woman's, um, Instagram group on Facebook. Like this girl uh-huh. on Instagram has a Facebook group of, of moms and she offered, she offers breastfeeding advice too. And she, we're all in there and everyone talks about everything they get. And someone was like, yeah, did you guys like a postpartum doula? And all the Americans were like, what are you talking about? That don't was even know what a doula is. That a, a postpartum doula was covered by insurance. I was oh, yeah. shocked. I was you like, I'm what? never having another kid, but if I did, I would get a postpartum doula. <laughs> America, number one, is never going to do that because their medical system is a residual income for yeah. them. They yeah. don't make money when people have good medical outcomes. I know that's exactly. And I'm, I'm elbow deep in birth. Like I, yeah. I literally could just go off about this for years, but America's I'm still paying my not. And I saved that's up like five grand for it. Um, you could have had a home birth for that. And <gasps> I know. Totally and you off. know, what's funny is we really consider it. Ah, I couldn't do it. I'm too scared. <laughs> like we, if I also talked about it and I did consider it for four seconds during the pandemic. If they said, he could, if he couldn't have come to the hospital, oh, yeah. him, I, I would have just said, that okay. was happening. I would that have was said, happening. okay, vagina we're doing, we are doing, <laughs> we, we, are, we are doing this. And I know I promised you we wouldn't, but there we are. So I don't know. Yeah. But you know, that, I think that's, what's so hard is so many things about womanhood have been called second rate and undervalued, not studied. Did you know that they, in Ambien, they didn't even study men ever when they did all of the studies. I mean, women, sorry, they only studied men. So they only studied male mice. They didn't study female mice until they released it. And all these women started having a different response to it because estrogen interacts with the ambient. And of course there were no men on the board. So they just didn't think that they should ask women. So that's like, we even get left out of the conversation of motherhood because the conversation of motherhood is look amazing, bounce back, work full-time somehow, and also be the best mom ever. And also, um, be really kind all the time and be a good parent, but don't have out of control kids, but don't be too strict. And like, yeah. How and breastfeed and, and breastfeed and, and breastfeed. Sure yeah. It's like it's so breastfeed, much. but don't breastfeed. And if you don't try really hard, then you're a failure. And if you can't like all these different things of like, yeah. again, I know what's best for you instead of just saying like, Hey, actually, according to neuroscience, these things are just good for all people, which is, wow, that's crazy. Are you sure you can make a blanket statement? Yeah, you can like how like fucking bananas and apples, those things are good for all people. You trust people, right? When they say that, cause it's proven Yeah. like same for the brain, like caring about people and supporting them in ways that elevate their mental health actually makes them better mothers versus you said the word that's like, gets me hot and bothered. Neuroscience. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I love neuroscience. I love I neuroscience. Me too. I, I love it. I was, I read, which now it's controversial, which is totally fine. Cause he probably does suck. Cause I don't believe in any men, but I read, I read the body keeps, I believe my husband and my dad, but Wait, I stopped. Please don't take anything from me because I love this book. 
Oh, I do too. I do too. People have just said he, he got in trouble for like me too stuff. I know. I haven't read the whole article, so look it up. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know how many listeners you have. Don't like fact check me, but he, there is even, someone on TikTok, of course. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. And here's, here's the thing. Unfortunately, some of the research he presented is just true. Not even unfortunately, it's just true. And <laughs> it, it, a lot of people talk about how that book needs like trigger warnings that I can, I can respect because it's a little intense, but like, it doesn't take away from the actual neuroscience of the way brains change and the things yeah. that affect them. And that kind of science like makes a difference in people's lives. Yes. That's, that's the problem where it's like, when we just throw, tell people more money, more booze, more success, more things, like none of those things are actually like human centered there. It keeps us in the process of just consumption. Yes. all the And time. we're never fulfilled because we're constantly looking for the next thing. Yeah. Brene and then Brown, we think there's something wrong with us. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, mm. was probably like the first opening my mind got to yeah. numbing behavior. Yes, yeah, same. I read she, that when she, yes. oh, I when she talked, what, what year did you say you read that in? 2018. When I started. Me too. Oh. Me too. I swear to God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. When she said, so, when you numb the good, you numb the bad too. I was like, I literally, I was driving and I felt like, um, ow, ouch. Was that aimed at me, Brene? Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, I don't know because I have some, I have some good days. That's what I thought. I immediately was like, <laughs> no, I'm not numbing. I remember being like, I feel nothing. Huh. <laughs> Like all the time, like, maybe she's right. I remember I did a really fun thing the other day and I remember thinking I wasn't really happy during it. And that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just didn't even self-awareness. I didn't, I just didn't know. When I read that book and she talked about like, first of all, the overexposure and the vulnerability hangover, I needed to hear that. That changed my life I did because too. I've been like this my whole life on Me social too. media. People have back in the day when Facebook was like, yes. And people fault you for that. Or people say you're, you're yeah. dramatic or you're messy or you're whatever. But I've yeah. learned that that's my strength totally to share that with people emotion is a beautiful like that's all that has been demonized it should be yeah your proudest thing yeah but when she talked about yeah when she talked about doing her ted talk and how she had like this vulnerability hangover like i literally if i post something that is a little bit further outside my comfort zone than i was prepared for i will literally be like depressed yeah. for like the I next day really or like anxious really don't want to touch my phone I get so scared to check me. my yeah. notifications and then and then if it is doing well then you think oh that's good wait 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 what if somebody sees this I didn't really think yeah. like then it's and yeah. then it's it's this thing of like what if I tell the truth and I am mm-hmm. the only one yeah. like what if I tell the truth and my shame my inner critic is right but yeah. it will never be true because yeah like that, her words in that book made me realize like the way humans are humans. Like, I don't, I don't, I think I used to really idolize like celebrities and stuff like that. Like I really looked at these external, externally successful people 
as yeah. like, oh, yes, they have, of, of course, the most privileged of, of anybody at, in America, at least. And so it seemed like that is the goal. That must be it. And I just remember the way I looked at them and how obsessed I was with their lives and stuff like that. And I realized, oh, that was just an extension of my own lack of self-identity and yeah. self-worth because I just wanted to be interested in something, you know? Yeah. yeah. I needed to like have a, a personality of loving a whole bunch of people. Like I did, I had no idea what self-worth or love looked like. And I didn't even know that I didn't until I read like that book. Like, it, do you know what I mean? Like you just were like, yeah. Oh, I'm not really. Cause you have no idea that you were numbing this whole time. No, honestly. I didn't so know. when I she talks about, <clears throat> when she talks about binge watching, yes. like, I don't know, what was it? Game of Thrones or yes, 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 something yes, yes, like yes. that on Netflix. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Okay. Yeah. So not only am I looking forward to binging TV at night, I'm also looking forward to binging food. Yeah. Food and drinking that, TV, just all numbing everything. It shifted my, it shifted first my perception of my relationship with food. And I yeah. realized, yeah. I started realizing that I had very disordered eating. Mm-hmm. And so my eating disorder came to a head before my issues with alcohol, yeah. I guess. Yeah. In my mind, not yeah. that they had shown themselves or manifested yeah. themselves differently. Yeah. Like they were both rough at different totally, points. Totally. But I was, I first became aware and I was like, all right, so maybe I am numbing with food. Like, how can I change this? And so yeah. I did, I lost like 50 pounds. And then yeah. exactly like you said, that alcohol is poison and people yeah. will argue that with you and you're like, I, I'm like science. I know I heard it described as just really, really, really fun poison. And that's, that's yeah. the thing. I'm like, I know you get drunk. Also, I know that 87% of the country drinks. So if anybody starts admitting that it's poison, we're going to start ruining everyone else's time. And I get it. Listen, I know that sucks. I recognize, wow, this is really frustrating, <laughs> but that doesn't like change it. People, change like, call, people call me a buzzkill. And I'm like, so what you don't understand is that people did the same thing when people start talking about the dangers of smoking and drinking one drink is just as dangerous as one cigarette, but none of you motherfuckers are like saying you're casual smokers. They're just smokers and non-smokers. Yeah. But somehow there are non-drinkers, people who drink and then don't have a problem with it. And then alcoholics. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. There's like, too much of a spectrum. Something that's cocaine is not like that. You either do cocaine yeah. or you don't. You do like, or you don't. Like, like <laughs> why is there a spectrum on this? Like there's not even a spectrum on smoking. Like nobody says like, oh, I'm a moderate smoker. And people will yeah. say, oh yeah, that person smokes. It's just, you smoke or you don't smoke because yeah. it's, and it should be the same with drinking. Yeah. And I think people are like, no, 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 but there's all these bars and all these things. I'm like, yeah, they used to say pregnant women could smoke and doctors yeah. and you could smoke yeah. on airplanes. So like, and this will make your baby smart, right? Smoke like so, a pack a day during your pregnancy. I, in this book that I read, quit like a woman that I talk about all the fucking time on my page. I can't <laughs> believe anybody even asked anymore. I'm like, it's, I never shut up about this book. I was reading this part. She talks about how is alcohol having a cigarettes moment. And she talks about how in the 1950s, they noticed that women were drinking way less than men because they were stay-at-home uh, moms. And it wasn't 
socially appropriate to drink inside. And so drinking, or I'm sorry, not drink, fucking smoke. It was not socially appropriate to smoke inside. So they had to start running all these like feminist campaigns, like, oh, real women do this, real women, like socialite women do this. So the media controlled the narrative of smoking. And when smoking finally started to decline, women, uh, men stopped smoking as much in the sixties and then women didn't start stop as much until the seventies, a whole decade later, because of those, that campaign in the fifties, it created a whole new generation of smokers. Like, so that's it. If you learn the information about alcohol, that it's poison and you understand that you have been genetically and societally engineered to rely on something like I personally, and this isn't judgmental. I can't imagine learning all of that and still doing it. Yeah. That's why I ask people, I'm like, give yourself a chance to really learn because you think that's the funnest it can be. You think that's mm-hmm. the best life can be the most it has to offer because a lot of people have told you that for a long time. Yeah. But like, I mean, if- I had people in my first pregnancy telling me like, it's okay to have a second glass. It's no big deal. Like I know. My first pregnancy, I had a hard time not drinking. I know Truly. now. Okay. So I definitely drank my pregnancy. I'm not going to lie. She's okay. Not I mean, a so lot. I. Yeah. I had a glass of wine. My first every, one, not my second. I had a glass of wine every now and then. And now I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like I'm thank God she came out. Okay. But the, it, it, I again, just thought, Oh, alcohol is hard for your liver to process. And it gives you a hangover because you're dehydrated. I had no idea that it quite literally wreaks havoc on every major organ in our bodies. If women moderately drink, we have a 15% chance higher of getting breast cancer. Period. Wow. Like period. Because I had no it, idea about it that. causes an influx of estrogen and then wow. uh, where all that, that's why usually people get more emotional when they're drinking. Also, your prefrontal cortex is off. Your emotional brain is on. So of course you're going to go very into, you're going to, you're going to only care about the things that animals care about, right? Like yeah, turning off your upstairs, fighting and eating and that's it. That's all you care about when you're (laughs) drunk, right? Like that's why. And so that's that thing where you also, your emotional brain is on. And then you also have an influx of estrogen. And because of that over and over and over and over again, the body, it, it will, it just, turns into, it can turn into cancer. Like when you have an, a, a lot of any cell, because then the body starts killing it. Cause there's so much of it and just yeah, wow. the body starts attacking itself, you know, like, so there's obviously way more <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I'm not a breast cancer scientist, but, but it's yeah, crazy that we're not told this 15% moderate drinking. Cause people will say, well, one to two drinks a night can't be bad. And I'm like, okay, one pack of cigarettes a day. Like, yeah six cigarettes a day, two cigarettes a day. Would you even do that? No, because you know how bad it is for you. Like you just deserve. I used to be a heavy smoker too. I was a two pack a day smoker when I got pregnant, literally the day I found out that I was pregnant. I was like, (laughs) I got to smoke this last cigarette and then I'm done. That was, I did. I like said, I had to say goodbye. Yeah. Well, because I had to like throw it out the window. All of a sudden you are responsible for a whole entire person's life. I think that's also the hard part about self-awareness is realizing like, I am, I'm glad this happened to me after I became a parent. Cause I don't know if I could handle the idea of bringing another soul that had to become self-aware into like, that's a big burden. Now I'm like, yeah. I am so thankful that I get to usher you into this world and just be alongside you as you yes. have to learn to be a human 
fuck it's terrifying I'm still <laughs> figuring it out myself <laughs> I know but you know what our kids are gonna have so many more chances oh to, my kids know all about like alcohol this, yeah like I want I my life I want like I, of course this is also what I love about not being religious anymore. That's a big part of yeah. my sobriety too. It's like not Same trying here. to be good or bad or perfect or anything and just living my truth and my truth. Truly. I'm not scared of alcohol. I could have a shot right now. And I'd be like, yeah, I, I don't want it anymore. I actually don't even want yeah. that shot. Like, even if it made, if I could just feel like a little buzzed and not drink that sure but I won't risk my health anymore in the same way you won't do a line of coke because you're worried about right. it. like it's, it's not it's not good or bad it's not about being moral it's just yeah. I know the consequences of of that and I choose not to have that like it's just I I was not raised that way like my life was so do this because it's good do this because it's yes. bad and if you do this everything was on principle yeah, it had no scientific basis to anything. So like, if you drink, it's bad because you could get drunk and this could happen and you're a bad person yeah. if you do this. Not like, hey, I'm going to arm you with all the facts around this and you can make a well-informed. I wasn't taught how to make well-informed. Well, it's the same way that like ultra conservative yeah. or fundamentalist families like are sex positive. We just don't talk about it. No, not at all. No, it's zero not something we discuss. I had no, I mean, yeah, that's, I think like, I, I know I'm going to mess up as a parent. It's impossible not to, but I'm right. like, surely I got to be giving her a better shot by letting her like yeah. trick or treat, learn about sex <laughs> and learn about the world. I didn't trick or treat. Yeah. Like it was like that kind of shit, you know? So like, I think that's also been this journey into sobriety as a parent is parenting is I am 11 months into it. And this is the fucking hardest shit I have ever done in my entire life. I have never had to be less selfish. I had no idea how, I mean, I get annoyed at a baby, like she's a baby yeah. and I have to check my triggers. I'm like, she's a baby. She's a baby. I she's know. a baby toddler. Well, that's what led me into gentle parenting. Yes, me too. Yeah, totally. That's all we do over here because yeah. we were beat like two and we we're like, we're yeah. not, I'm like, you're hitting children. Like now I'm like, you would never let's just say you interact with a 21 year old with a, with some sort of mental disability that their cognition yeah. is, is a, that of a seven-year-old. Would you spank them? No, of course not. Right. And like, you would be seen as evil for doing that. Yeah. But they have the same brain as a seven-year-old. Like they oh. have the same brain as that child, according to you. Like that's the way you see it. Like, so you know that it's inappropriate. You know that it it's not okay in any other situation. If you hit your wife, if your wife hit you, if a kid hits a kid at school, none of those things are okay. But you- And we use hitting to teach to not hit, which is just like, how many messages are we really trying to send here? And like leaving babies and like children, like hitting them and then letting them just sit there and cry their eyes out and be like, oh my God, I can't. That literally like turns my stomach and makes me tear up. I can't, you just spanked I, really, a I can't do it. Three-year-old like, <sighs> and then they're just over there. Like, so that's, what's hard for me. And so that, all that being said, knowing yeah. that all of those triggers are possible. Why, why would I keep, I, I can't ethically, this is not even meant to sound anything other than I'm just telling the truth for this. I can't ethically keep consuming something that I have evidence of making me a less capable mother, not a worse one, yeah. but a less capable mother yes. of being healthy. It takes away my ability to take care of myself. And when I take better care of myself, I love my daughter even better. 
Yes. So, and I love myself. What do you really want out of your life? Yeah. Like I was, I was truly stealing from myself. Alcohol was not elevating my life. And I had to ask myself if she's a baby right now, but do I want to be doing this when she's seven? Like, am I going to be wasted her whole life? And I thought who you are now is who you will become. That's just, if you don't make changes to yourself, you won't change. And that's fine for some people. But I thought I cannot, I, she did not ask to be born. Like she did not ask to have this life. She did not ask to exist. And I, I can't ethically take away her childhood by choosing to not deal with my shit and be wasted all the time. I mean, that just felt unfair to her in me. Parenting calls all of us to look our trauma in the face. It does. And I think that's why parents get so triggered. Yeah, totally. We either choose to face our shit or we choose to repeat the cycles. And this is such a, like a black and white topic in my mind right now because of yeah. so much that I'm dealing with, with my family and yeah. cycles well, it's just true. seeing so clearly that it's I am so choosing true. to look in the face yeah. and say, this is what feels comfortable. Yeah. These red flags feel like home, but yeah. I can't live here anymore. Yeah. 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 I've got a literally 180 from this situation and I don't give a shit who I leave behind. I'm fucking done. Yeah. Well, because you have yourself I'm, and your kids, like you have to take yeah. care of y'all. And if I'm not going to drink because it affects my mental health, then yeah. why am I going to consume toxic people who yeah. also affect my yeah. mental health? Cause literally. your ass is poison too. Totally. You're like, I have an emotional hangover just from hanging out with you guys. And once I cut those people off, I realized I didn't need that anymore because I wasn't really trying to hide. No, I was really trying to be seen. Yeah. I just needed to see myself. Yeah. That's, I think that's the thing is a lot of times, especially when we're stuck in toxic circles, we think it's normal to have those toxic brain loops. We're like, Oh yeah. Everybody talks shit about their friends. That's normal. Everybody gets frustrated with their friends or whatever. And then you don't realize that like, no, these are not healthy relationships. They just, unfortunately, like you attach people get attached. It doesn't, I, I think we really mistake attachment for health or good. And we, we miss out on the fact that the brain just likes security, right? We talk about neuroscience, like the brain just wants to do the, I saw a TikTok about it, like a few months ago that explained it perfectly. That was like, your brain does not want you to be happy. Just wants your brain wants to repeat information. So it looks at yesterday's information and says, we're still alive. Yesterday was a good day. Even if you had the worst day ever, you felt like shit. You didn't get out of bed. You ate, you know, like 17,000 donuts and watch (laughs) reality TV all day. Your brain says you're still alive. Let's, let's lock that info down in the subconscious, <laughs> subconscious, you know, and let her know that's good. Good day. Uh, and it's yeah. not right. Like mentally it's not, but we don't know that about the brain. We don't know how we're getting stuck in these cycles. We just think, Oh, this is just how hard it is. This is just supposed to be. And those people, your friends gaslight you when you want to make a different decision. Oh my God. Again, yes. we think, Oh, there must be something wrong with us or we what's yeah. wrong. Why whatever we feel like, okay, we need this drink. We need this situation because this is always that we've ever known. So we must 
make it really, really good. And it feels so hard. And we think it's hard because there's something wrong with us. Like we think, oh my gosh, this situation should be serving me. Why am I not better at it? And it's just like, oh my God, it's not for me. Literally get lost. Yeah. I learned so much last year on Instagram, of course, like (laughs) from the holistic psychologist. Yeah. And she was, I mean, she's just amazing. I have her new book and it just like is so full of information. Yeah, me too. I'm reading it it right now. Well, is her newest book, How to Do the Work? Yes. Okay. I'm reading it right now too. It's so good. But she did a video last year. I think, I really think it was last June where she talks about emotional addiction. And I've heard the term before, but I never conceptualized. I never understood. And when she was like, why do you keep going back to stalk your ex on social media when you know it's only going to make you feel like shit? That was the very like, Ooh, look moment for me because I was in a relationship where I was watching his every move on social media, knowing what I was going to find, knowing I wasn't going to have the courage to do anything about it. And just and I was like, why am I doing this? Well, because growing up, my dad (laughs) never saw me, you know, until I was older or whatever. And it was like this kind of half seen thing. My brain doesn't really like it. My heart doesn't really like it, but I keep coming back to it because those red flags feel like home. That was your normal. How you're it's so the, the brain on trauma. So like a kid can't actually conceptualize that their dad wouldn't love them that way. It's they literally are incapable of thinking that thought. So the brain saves you and says, well, it thinks it's people, please overdo it. Yes. There must be something wrong with you. So you, because that's in your control, you can't control your parent who should be a safe, stable, consistent place for you in replacement of that because your brain doesn't know what to fucking do it's not it's yeah our brains are the same brains they were fifty thousand years ago right so it's just like i just need to connect i just need to attach i'm going yeah. to attach some way you can't help it you have to attach to your parents it fucking sucks now usually that's going to mean anxious or something avoidant but it's like you grow up with this story around yourself that says people who love me don't actually spend time with me. Don't actually say that they care about me. That's a good, okay. Your brain's going to go towards that because it feels familiar when you are presented with actual safety, your brain will call that a red flag because it's just not. Yes. Yes. It feels like, like, wait a minute. You're like, wait, wait, you're actually texting me back. You showed up at, Uh oh Oh my, you didn't ghost me. Are you? Run away, run, 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 run. He is like, did you, I don't know if at the beginning of quarantine, that dumb ass fucking show, the one where they proposed to each other after like a week or something, she said, you know, he was just really open about how he felt. And he told me he had feelings for me. And that's a red flag. And I remember watching it and being like, every girl on earth is begging that their man will talk to them the way this boy is talking to you. And it wasn't genuine, obviously, but it's one of those things (laughs) where like, we want security so badly, but when we get it, I was literally telling Luke this tonight, right before we hopped on, I was like, I remember like a couple weeks into dating, we were like, I was sprung so quickly. And I remember being at his house and staring at him and being like, maybe he walks weird. Like I was trying to find a reason not to like him because I was like, there's no way this is a good idea. There's no way somebody likes me back. Like there's there's, somebody so nice. Yeah. I was like, there's no way someone can love me and all my shit this way. It just didn't feel possible. It still doesn't feel possible. And then again, we enter that shame loop 
and forget somebody made us feel bad about ourselves. We are lovable. We are whole. We are worthy. We are incredible. The only reason we can have that inner critic is if somebody gave it to us. Like, yeah. And that's where I'm like, okay, bitch, like he's been with you through all this. Like he, you, uh, you, it's okay for you to be a good person too. Like he does yeah. love you. You know what Aww. I mean? Like, yeah. well, just that idea that we like as children of trauma and all of that, that we get stuck in those cycles. Those patterns. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I feel like my education about all of this came in so many different ways all at once. Like I started, I was like drinking too much, obviously postpartum with my second postpartum with my first. Oh my God. Even when she was two and a half on the Sunday, I would like cry if I couldn't get in the car and like go to the, and we don't have. Yeah. That's how, yeah. I'm in a dry County. So it was like a trek and I was willing to do it. Yeah. And the only times I didn't was when I felt ashamed and I didn't want anybody to know. And then I would sit in my room and cry and be miserable. Totally. Like it it was just, it was the worst. And so I was like Ubering it, like trying to secretly get it. Yeah. (laughs) See, I don't even have that at the time. I still don't even have that in my town. So dumb. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was drinking way too much and then I was obviously sober. Like I didn't have a single drink with my second pregnancy and I was a lot healthier Yeah, and I, H-backed home birth after cesarean. I had a cesarean Dang with my first girl, 10 pound okay. baby on my bedroom floor. I was like, hell yeah. Like wow. I can do anything. You literally can. You yeah. literally and, can. And the, um, the trauma came fast after that because it mm. unearthed so much, especially from having such a traumatic cesarean the first time. Yeah. And so three months postpartum, I started my doula certification because I was like, I need women to know that their bodies are capable. Totally. Totally. And I had been educating for free for so long. And I was like, I just need to do something with this because people yeah. are blowing me up and I deserve to get paid. Yeah. And so <laughs> really honestly. And so, um, like I had a really traumatic entrance into the birth world because everybody really supports you as long as you're handing them the check. Right. So I was like, do I have to be pregnant for you to respect me? And I learned quickly that there were more enemies in, in everywhere that I went. And that was, you know, it was, Oh, the birth world is disgusting. I literally, um, even this month have straight up told other birth workers, like, don't ever contact me again. Like, we're not about the same thing and I'm not interested. And like, you know, well, it's just, it's the same the fat thing. with you. Yeah. It's like every system, right? Like has, I mean, where did they all come from? Right. Like you just have to look at all these people just who aren't willing to like take other approaches and look at other things. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you're not my people. Like I'm, I'm not yeah. going to look at you that you think, you know, everything for every woman ever. Well, there's also such a huge issue amongst female groups. This is my little dissertation about why women are such fucking assholes to each other. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if it's jobs, if it's men, if it's attention, if it's whatever it is, we so often because we are preached that we are not enough. We need to enhance ourselves from the very beginning. We enter almost every room with a feeling of scarcity. Totally. Absolutely. Oh my God. There's not enough men. There's not enough good men to go around. So I'm going to fight this. Yeah. Yeah. It's another woman's fault. If my husband cheats, it's another woman's fault if this goes wrong. And like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a, it is a constant way to deflect the conversation of what's actually going on. Like it's, I, I told Luke, we, we talked about this a lot when we, 
again, we're watching, <laughs> we watched Chernobyl and we learned about like fascism and stuff and like what seeing them do it right there like the, on that documentary like had yeah. those tapes not gotten out none of us would know the way they tried to cover it up and I was like yeah imagine how much more like westernized places cover shit up because we like act like we tell people a whole lot We're yeah. like, wow the NSA releases or whatever but like <laughs> when it comes to like women and life and motherhood and all these different things I think in a world where women are known to be powerful, it's very clear we're amazing. Like the, you have to stop women from thinking like that is because yeah. the second women start thinking, they start changing the fucking world. So if you can yeah. get them to care about the fucking Kardashians and how much each other's butts are and like making sure <laughs> you get a tummy, like a mommy makeover, like yeah, if you can convince each other that like, something you can do will make you a better influencer or more popular than another girl or you'll do it more relatable you will do it and you will believe that that view of womanhood through the male gaze is the best one but not because you feel that way but because you feel like if you feel better than other people you will feel happier somehow you think okay but I know the grass isn't always greener but what if I get my grass green and just try like yeah people are like, I, I know, I know, but what if I just try? And they're like, yeah. I, I, maybe it'll work for me. And it's like, no, you're being sold a lie that, yeah. that like women that, it, that there's, what did I heard someone explain it really well the other day? Oh, you don't even need to make a bigger table. We don't even need tables. Like we don't even yeah. need to make clubs and groups in society. Like, yeah. we're like, Oh, we need to make a bigger table and invite more people. It's like, you, there is no such thing as a table. There is no such thing as anything like yeah. stop uh, your whole life. Womanhood has been around like, Oh, we have to bond here. We have to, to, to rally around this, or, or we have to include this in, in all these different conversations. And it's like, Oh my God, just talk to other women, just show just up in be a, a field human being and just None be a human. Like, even matters. yeah, like it's just show up as yourself. Don't like, yeah. we're, we're so obsessed with making sure that we present ourselves the way other people think that we should be, yeah. that we've, we don't even know who we are. We have no yeah. idea. We're trying. Have really you read hard. the four agreements? No, but I have it. I, I want to get it. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I want to read it. I have <laughs> you want to read it. I'm ADHD. Really Listen, I, that's another one that I'm taking slowly because I'm really trying to absorb and yeah. I'm so bad. I'll read like two whole pages and then be like, what did I, did I know I that's what they and talk about that. They talk yeah. about how, like, as a child, you put on the mask yep. and then you're inherently unhappy because you know, you can't be your mask, but you yep. don't want other people to know. Yep. And like, so the whole vulnerability thing ties in with that. And then, yes. you know, I was I was trying to get through all of this stuff and attending births and I was being manipulated by some of these like older women in the birth community who were really just like putting me through the ringer because I don't know, just whatever scarcity, toxicity, whatever the case. And I was so upset and I was scared because of the, the relationship with my child's father was volatile. The police had been involved multiple times. I wasn't getting any reprieve from you know, so the PTSD was like on high constant. Yeah. I mean, 
it was terrible. My OCD was so bad and I hadn't been diagnosed with any of this at the time. So I thought it was crazy. I was of like, of course. Yeah. You're like, why can't having I visions this? of my children being bloody somewhere because yeah. I, I thought yeah. about like a car accident or something yeah. like that. Like, it like was your like, intrusive thoughts took over. Yes. Oh, it was unbelievable. So I was yeah. drinking them away. I had no idea. Of and... course. That's how I was too. I didn't even like, I didn't even tell people about my intrusive thoughts for so long because I thought, oh my God, I'm a psychopath. <laughs> I'm crazy. Literally. I, thought I'm a, I had no idea that our subconscious just like thinks of things and just sends them to us. I thought like every thought I had was real and I had to follow it and Dude. I had to just ruminate on it. Yeah. When you learn that, when you learn that you're not your thoughts, that we just do thoughts, we practice them, that your brain is yeah. just like spitting shit out. Oh. I was like game changer. Okay. This is a lot to process. <laughs> I remember telling my best friend, like your thoughts aren't real. And she was like, my thoughts aren't real. And I was like, okay, they're actually not though. Right. They're not right in front of you. Your thought about what someone else thinks about you is yeah. not real because you're not in their head. You don't know. Yeah. But we desperately cling to those stories. Like if we believe that women are our competitors, then we get to believe that there's a game that we can win, but the game is rigged. Oh my God, that's so good. Well, I was just drinking too much, obviously, trying to get through all of that. And um, my daughter was tongue-tied and I was a freaking lactation counselor who couldn't breastfeed. We went through two tongue-tie surgeries. We went through so much. And I was like, I was taking extended release Xanax. Next, I was obviously prescribed. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like going out like buying. Yeah, I got But like, thanks for that, guy. <laughs> but um, you know, I was taking. I was on. Uh, I want to say I was on Remron for sleep because okay. I had insomnia. Yeah. I was. I was like just taking so of many. Of course, things. if you're that anxious, yeah. And then I was drinking. Yeah. You know, like because yeah. then that still doesn't take off the edge. I no. still have to parent, and I can yeah. take a Xanax, and I can go to sleep, or yeah. I can parent. Yeah. And so I'll never forget, man, one night after I had Harlow and three and four is hard. Yeah. It is so hard, especially when you are a traumatized parent and you're through your triggers. Yeah. Like when you told me like, Oh, you know, like my daughter is 11 months old or whatever. I was just like, I kind of thought to myself, like, I wonder what would it, like what it would have been like to have gone sober that early. Like yeah, I, yeah. I wish, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's amazing. And it's, it's beautiful because you're forging the path to yeah. be like, it doesn't actually have to be this way. Yeah. But yeah. I was having a really hard time getting the kids to go to sleep and I was triggered and I needed time to myself and I wanted yeah. to be able to drink and I wanted to yeah. be able to watch TV and I wanted to yeah. be able to do all of these things that yeah. a normal human being should get to do if she has five minutes alone. Yeah. But I, it, it, it just couldn't. And then yeah. every time my daughter no. would cry, yeah. my body would just go into trauma because every yeah. time I was latching her, I was literally pumping out bright red blood. Oh my God. Oh, it was excruciating. So when she would cry, I would have like a traumatic response because my body's like, ew, get away because now the baby's crying. Right. We're like, we're getting Pavlovian here. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to hear that cry because that means I'm about to be tortured. Totally. Totally. And so I was like drinking to get through it. And then some nights I would take Benadryl too, because I still couldn't get to sleep. It was just like this cocktail of shit. Yeah. And you know, I was like, 
I think I was like eight months postpartum and I was going through the absolute thick of it. And this was where my serotonin went. Peace out, motherfucker. We're gone. Yeah. (laughs) And I crawled over my child in the bed who was four at the time. And I screamed in her face to go to sleep. This makes me cry telling this story. I screamed in her face to go to sleep because I was so beside myself in my own skin. Yeah, totally. And at the time I was, you know, I was having suicidal ideation. I wanted to leave. And the only thing keeping me there was knowing, knowing that if I died, because I'm a single mom and I don't have shit to leave behind Yeah, that my children will be stuck being raised by the people who abused me. Yeah, And that's oh. where it clicked for me that I had been abused. And yeah. then I decided not to kill myself because yeah. I can't leave them behind. Yeah. Oh, so and it is. You. Thank you. It's that's such really, a lonely, that's so vulnerable. Oh my gosh. That's really heavy. It's so lonely and traumatizing. Yeah to stay alive for your kids yeah that's it's the worst feeling in the world yeah because you have no one like you can't tell them that of course and you don't really want to be here no it's way too fucking hard like when you don't have the tools and you haven't been given a fair shot which trauma does does not give you a fair shot you can heal from it of course but like yeah it's not fair to have to parent with trauma and especially (sighs) repressed unknown like I've actually had memories come up yeah, totally. of, of stuff that I'm, I'm actually doing, um, EMDR now. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. I had just yep. had my first session yesterday with my friend. I'm so excited, but oh, like I, so I good. have repressed yeah. memories that have yeah. come up since, especially since getting sober to- without for sure. I saw your video. Yeah. I saw your video about how your brain stops hitting record. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight, actually, when I logged into TikTok. And oh I was my, like, that one is like, that is the one that keeps showing up. And I'm like, oh my God. I have one from last year where I redid a kid's table that got 500,000 views. Yes. And like, people are still. Yeah, like, that's the that's liking. the problem. Is it keeps people keep interacting with it, so then it keeps getting. I'm it's like, like bumping it up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay, can we move on? Because it's <laughs> because it's like I made it on a whim. So there's a lot of things that are probably annoying about it, and people will be like, yeah. oh, the mic is weird. I'm like, yeah, I know. I didn't expect to get fucking half a million views, man. What do you want me to do? I know. Like, Leave I didn't alone. know that was gonna happen. I made that on a Saturday. <laughs> in, I was like, wearing a Post Malone sweatshirt. Like, I literally, like, was like, I did not care. <laughs> My toenail polish was chipped. I was just like, I'm doing this for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. But I, but I think even that, like all of this, like just always reminds me of like, because we met on TikTok, but this conversation, just thinking like all of these moments that you felt like, oh, you weren't going to make it. All of them were moments where you felt alone, where you didn't have the tools to, to feel supported. And like the, like, connection and safety or safety is of course the thing that helps heal trauma but like connection is the opposite of addiction and that's why so many people have to so many moms drink because they feel the exact same way as you and they're they don't they're like i can't fucking say this out loud and they're like i can't leave i can't kill myself i can't run away i can't get rid of this environment like i i can't but i have to stop feeling they're like the actual feeling of being i mean truly stuck as a mom is terrifying when you like I remember one time when I was really struggling I looked at my husband and I thought 
am I going to have to cook like 5,000 dinners? Like, fuck. Like everything I thought yeah. about my life felt like an obligation. And then oh, he was no. like, no, we order food sometimes. <laughs> like it was so logical. Okay, it was just like Aww. the most logical thing. He goes, we can go out to eat every single day forever. Like he was like, it's if that happy. keeps you happy, fine, whatever. And I realized like, yeah, all of this is about my perspective, but the only way you are free to have a new perspective is with support. Like yeah. you can't see a new reality. It's like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like in oppressed yeah. cultures, which I love that she talks a lot about that and how to do the work. Like, Hey, if you are in oppressed systemic system, like you got to give yourself a break because these systems were not built to benefit anybody um, other than the people who built them. Right. And so it is hard to feel self-compassion, self-awareness, self-kindness, resilience, any of that when you're fucking exhausted doing the mental and physical and emotional labor of, by the way, multiple people used to raise children. It did used to be a village, but let's right. just two people like a, a two parent household or whatever you're, you entered into this contract, this kid contract with another person and they were not the person they should be. So like now you have all of this weight on your shoulders yeah. and you have no one to talk about it with. So then it feels like, oh, well then it must be my fault. Like I, there must yeah. be something wrong with me that I can't handle. Like we're taught that over and over and over again, that if your life is hard, it's all your fault and you just should have done better. Yeah. So of course you drink. Like, of course you drink because you've been taught your worth is only the external picture, only mm -hmm. what it looks like on the outside. My parents are getting divorced and people are fucking shocked. They are oh my gosh. shocked. They've been together for 32 years. I keep forgetting that all of those people are not my parents' kids. When my parents got divorced, I told my mom finally. And she was like, what? You're happy about this? And I was like, mom, I am not trying to be insensitive, but do you, do parents not know that kids are aware we're, we're yeah. not idiots like I was like I was like we you guys think that kids are dumb we're not I didn't always think you guys needed to get divorced but I do now and it's like I have to know that if I know those things about my mom things that she never told me but just showed me that is what parenting is. It doesn't matter what you say. Yeah. You need boundaries, but it matters what you do. It matters if you actually yeah. hold the boundary it matters. If you actually keep on the promises, it matters if you actually do what you say you're going to do way more than what you say. Like, yeah. and that also was part of it. I was like sobriety and drinking and motherhood and all these things. Life is already hard enough. Why do I want to add in something that not only makes me less happy, but also just makes my ability to function as a mom hard. Like, oh, I have yeah. a doctor's appointment tomorrow. I have to get her to, I have this, like, even just like the non-scientific effects of alcohol, just like the, I mean, they're scientific, yeah. but the ones everyone feels like the anxiety and the hangover and stuff. Like, why are we choosing to make a situation that we already want out of, right? That we already right. are scared of, that the, the responsibility is already terrifying. It's like, crazy the way we're just like okay pair that with this and forget about the weight of it yeah, yeah don't just don't think about it for too long like just don't think about those things thank y'all again so much for being here chrissy and i are gonna pick up right where we left off next monday july 12th so tune in and don't miss it if you just can't wait another week and you want to connect with either myself or chrissy you can follow me on instagram at greetings fellow earthlings or on TikTok at Miss Bad Media. You can find Chrissy on TikTok at Christina Bobina 89 or you can find her on Instagram at 
I'm Chrissy Rodriguez. Thank you so much.